You're listening to Winning in the Kingdom Show with your host, number one best-selling international author, teacher, speaker, and businesswoman, Makia Waller. We are discussing how kingdom women win with the Word of God. Join us every Friday for the latest, where we will be discussing how you can receive total victory in all areas of your life. Now, here's your host, Makia Waller. Hey, y'all. Oh, it's such a blessed Friday. Anybody happy to be just alive and breathing and just having a great day? Well, today I'm going to just jump right in and I'm just going to give you the audio footage of the Kingdom Women Win Empowerment Luncheon, what I spoke from. You guys, you're getting it first here. So I just want you to enjoy the message and leave me some comments. All right, guys, here it goes. Have a blessed Friday. Remember, you have the victory. Hey, y'all. Oh, my goodness. I'm just so excited about going into this message that I spoke at the Kingdom Women Win Empowerment Luncheon. So this message is get in position to win. I believe in all areas of our lives, we need to get in position to win. So today, are you ready to get in position? So the word position, I got three definitions of the word position. Position is a place. It is a where. It's where something is located. So you have your ordained spot, the place where God has placed you. It is your territory. It is your assignment. It is the place where God has placed you to affect change. So that's the first definition of position. Then there's two more. Number two, position is a particular way in which someone or something is placed or arranged. So I'm not thinking about the chairs that are in a church or how something is arranged, you know, as far as an object. But what I'm referring to is our stance and our posture and our attitude and ultimately our disposition. And basically our disposition is just our habits. It's what we do every day. It's what we're thinking. It's our mindset. It's what the pictures that we see. So that is our position. Our position, got to think about it as far as being a mindset. It's the way you are. And then the third position is a position in a situation or circumstance. So when you think about this, it's, it's your situation, it's your state, it's your condition. It could be your health or your wealth. It could be, you know, relationships. We often go through health problems, but we know that we're always in a favorite position because God has given us the word and the word, he tells us to put the word on it. So anytime that we may be in, in an unfavorable position, we can put the word on it and the word puts us in a favorable position because the word of God helps us to overcome. It is the overcomer. It is the power. It is the ultimate power. That's why we're winning in the kingdom because we're always in the, at the upper hand. We're always in the advantageous, the advantageous position. We can't lose with God. We always win with Him. So in order to win in this earthly realm, we must get in all three positions. So I'm going to tell you about two women and two men that got in position to win. The first person I'm going to tell you about is a woman. Her name is Queen Esther. 
So Queen Esther, here she is. She um, steps on the scene because Queen Vashti does not want to parade around King Xerxes. She does not come forth when he asks her to. So he does away with her. And Queen Esther, I can imagine, you know, her being, you know, with the lineup of queens. You know, I can think about me myself. You know, I've been in beauty pageants and different things. So I can imagine how she might have felt with all the beautiful women lined up and then being chosen to be queen. I bet that was something. I bet she was just so excited only to realize that once she got there, she had a hit against her and her people. There was a plot to kill her people. So, you know, I bet she felt like there was a target on her back. I mean, all of a sudden, the, the joy might have turned negative. You know, it could have, she could have just really been in a bad position. But what Esther did next she says, go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So here is Esther, Queen Esther. She is not even thinking about herself at this point. She realizes she has been called for such a time as this. She realizes that she's in that position to affect change. So what she does is that she gets on her knees. She gets in a posture. She gets in position. She gets in that position of fasting and praying. See, she had the right stance and attitude because she was like, she was all in. If I die, I die, but I've got to do this for my people. And then she decided that she was going to not let the chaos overcome her and that she was going to keep her peace. And so she decided that she was going to go to the father. And that put her in a favorable position because she ended up at the end saving all her people. And so that's what God will do for us in this day and age. He will, when we get in all three positions, we get in our ordained place. We know our purpose. We're walking towards our purpose. We get where God is calling us to be. It may not look that good or it may look really good. I don't know, but you've got to get where God is calling you to be. So she ruled and reigned God's way. She was winning in the kingdom. And as we can see, she brought heaven to earth. She let the kingdom come. And she was a kingdom woman that won. Yes. And see, ladies, the crown doesn't make you a queen. It's your innermost. It's your character. It's who you are that makes you a queen. It's what you stand for. So the second woman I'm going to talk to you about that got in position to win is the Shunammite woman. And the Bible just calls her the Shunammite woman. It doesn't give her a name because that's where she was from. But the Shunammite woman was wealthy and she had everything and so she recognized that there was a man of God that was coming through. So she decided to build him a room onto her house. She created space for the man of God to live in her house. What happened next was the man of God, he was so happy that she did that for him. He wanted to bless her. So he asked his servant, what does the Shunammite woman want? How can I bless her? The servant told prophet Elijah, he tells him, she doesn't have any children. So what Prophet Elijah does, 
he calls her and he tells her, he says, by this time next year, you're going to hold a son in your arm. You're going to have a baby by this time next year. And, oh, you're going to be astonished by what the Shunammite woman said after that. So here it is. Prophet Elijah gives her a prophecy. And you know how we do in church, man. When somebody gives us a prophecy, we want to receive it. We want to holler. We want to run around the church. We want to fall out. We want to be so happy. But she says, don't mislead your servant, O man of God. See, she had been conditioned to believe that she was barren and could not give birth. And so she had been conditioned to believe that based on her past, that she could not do what the man of God was telling her that she could actually produce in her future. So and then I can imagine she also didn't want to get excited again. She, you know how you go at something and you fail. You go at something and you fail. And you go at something, then you just decide, maybe that's not for me. And then here's something and someone shows up and tells you, oh, it's going to happen for you. I can imagine why she said what she said. And so I know for myself, I've been in that situation. I'm going to tell you all a quick testimony. I couldn't give birth. I tried everything. I would get sick. I just had all kind of stuff going on with me and I couldn't produce. So um, I had miscarriages. I had fertility treatments. I had all kind of stuff going on. Couldn't give birth. But I had was much like the Shunammite woman. I trust God. I was in his word. I believed God. I recognized God's spirit. I knew who he was, much like she recognized who Elijah was. But I had tossed that aside. I said, maybe it's not for me. But one day, it was Mother's Day 2016, something happened. The atmosphere shifted for me. I actually got up in church and it wasn't planned, but a series of things, events happened. And I actually told my story about not being able to birth. See, I had been winning. I had been winning in the kingdom, but I couldn't give birth. I was void of having a baby. And see, I had a baby in my teenage years, but after I got married, I couldn't produce. So anyway, I was boohooing in church. And I remember at the end of telling everyone at the church, I said, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I'm going to have my baby. Y'all don't know where that came from. But the next minute, we were praying, you know, the preacher called my, my husband up and we prayed, the church prayed, and then, you know, service went on as usual. But I remember that very same day, the preacher said, he stomped his foot and he said, this was Mother's Day 2016, y'all. He says, by this time next year, you're going to have your baby. He said that thing. And I'm telling you, by May, Mother's Day, 2017, I was holding my baby. So, therefore, you can't tell me what God can't do. And just like the Bible says, the Shunammite woman, by that time next year, she was holding her son. And see, the bishop, the, the preacher in my church, he was just speaking the word. He was just saying what Elijah had told the Shunammite woman. He put me in a position that I didn't even know. And the Shunammite didn't even know it. Shunammite lady didn't even know it. The Shunammite woman didn't even know it. We, neither one of us knew that we were in a position 
position. We were at the right place at the right time to get a receive a blessing. We were in our ordained position. Maybe we had the right attitude or posture or disposition. I don't know. But one thing about it is when God gets ready to bless you, I don't care. No devil in hell can stop what God is going to do in your life. So here it is. You got to get in your position. Get in your position. You know, sometimes you're walking blindly. You might not know you're in position. I didn't know I was in position to get a blessing, but it happened. So you just got to trust God even when you can't trace him. You know, though he slay you, yet shall you trust him. You just got to move forward with him, even in the dark. See, I was in the dark. I didn't know. I had given up. Shunammite woman had given up. You know, I believe somebody out there has given up. But God says, don't give up. Just continue to stay in your word. Continue to go to church. Continue to put those positive things around you and watch them move. Okay? Get in position. Oh, and I do want to say this too. You remember I was talking about the Shunammite woman and being conditioned to believe? that, you know, it can't happen for me because in our minds, you know, when things happen over and over again and that our past tell us that it's not for us, we're just conditioned to believe and see what we've been through. But that's why God tells us to forget those things that are in the past and press forward to the high mark because at any moment your situation can change at any moment your finances can change at any moment your health can change you've just got to believe in the one that can change it so the next person I'm going to tell you about is a man we come to a shepherd boy named David see David he had three brothers and his father was named Jesse, but David was the youngest of the three. And his brothers, they were actually on the battlefield. David was out keeping the sheep, but the brothers were out on the battlefield. And so the Bible says that David's father told him to go see about his brothers and take them some grain and food. So the next day, David did exactly what his father told him to do. He set out to take his brother some grain and food. And when he got there, the Israelites were fighting the Philistines. And the Philistines, the Bible paints a picture of an army that was lined up on one hill and the Israelites were lined up on the other. And there was a valley or ditch in between them. But the Bible says that it was this champion, this big man that was coming out from the Philistines army. And he was making wolf tickets. He was asking them, he said, if anybody can beat me, then we'll all go home. So when David got there, he saw the Philistine. He saw that champion coming out. And David wanted to know, he says, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God. He wanted to know who this man was. So meanwhile, when he walks up, his brother Eli recognizes that David has come on the battlefield. He walks towards David angry. 
And he says, like, why are you, why have you come down here? And whom did you leave those sheep in the wilderness with? Basically, he was asking David, why are you out of position? You know, you come down here. You don't come down here to help. You're just coming down here because you're conceited. You're wicked in your heart. You only come down to watch the battle. See, I'm not making excuses for Elab, but you know how two brothers can be. You can be kind of mean. You can say things that you really don't mean. But then again, sometimes our family and our friends can say things that hurt. The closest people to you cannot see your ability or they may doubt your ability. They may not really know who you are. They may know you based off of your position of where God has put you. And they're looking at the external. But I'm so glad that God looks on our heart. And so anyway, they may not know. They may not understand the power that you have on your life. So my point is, it doesn't matter who said, what he said, what she said, what they said. But what did God say? That's what God tells us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. He tells us we are the head and not the tail. That we are above and not beneath. He tells us we are more than a conqueror. He tells us we are a royal priesthood. He gives us all these great things that he tells us. Who reports will you believe? So after Elab, the older brother, said this to David, David does not respond in a way that most of us would have responded. You know, they were out there fighting. David could have just jumped on his brother and could have been part of the problem. But David's response was, now what have I done to you, Eli? Can I even speak? He's basically saying, I've not come up here to be belittled. I'm just asking a question. I want to know who is this uncircumcised Philistine? So David turns away from the older brother and he got back on assignment. He went to King Saul, who was the commander of the army of the battle. And he said to King Saul, this young boy, he says to King Saul, let no one take heart or on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. The king who was over the command of was the commander of the army. He was afraid and intimidated by the champion, by that Philistine. He was just afraid. So he told David, he said, you are not able to go against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man. And he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to King Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. In other words, David was saying, oh, I've been in position. I done seen this before and I know what to do. What he says next is the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. See, he had got in position. He had got in the right stance and posture. He had the right attitude. He says that the Lord will fight his battle. He knew because he had been in his ordained spot and he had seen it before. God had fought his battles before and he had seen victory before. So he come in ready 
to win the battle. And oftentimes that's how we have to do. You know, we have to forget those things that are behind in the past. But some of the things we can't forget when God gives us a revelation or he tells us or he does something just for you you got to keep that in your mind if God did it for you that one time he can do it for you again and that's what David was essentially saying he was saying if God did it for me then he gonna do it now he gonna show up because this uncircumcised Philistine he is defying the army of the living God so Saul says if you may go And let the Lord be with you. So then Saul, what he did was, he said, I'm going to give you something to fight with, David, since you want to go up against this Philistine. So what he did, he gave David a tonic. He put him on a coat of armor. He put him on a bronze helmet on his head. And he fastened the sword around his tonic. So... David was ready to fight for battle. It looked like he was ready. But David started walking around in that gear up. And David said, no, 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 I can't fight in this. I can't wear your armor. I can't wear your helmet. And I can't fight with your sword. And see, that's what I stopped by to tell somebody. We've got to stop comparing ourselves to each other. And we've got to see God created all of us with a purpose in mind. There's something that only you can do, baby. So you've got to get in alignment and you've got to find out what it is so that you can work your story because every one of us has a different story. Our story is much different than our fingerprints. None of us have the same fingerprints and none of us have the same story. So you got to work your story. You got to work your vision. You got to work what God is giving you. You can't fight in somebody else's story or somebody else's vision or fight with what somebody else has. You got to fight with what God is giving you. And so David essentially is telling us that the position that he's in, that ordained spot that he's in, has helped him to move forward so that he can fight this Philistine, that he can overcome, you know? And that's why we have to do, we have to use everything we got and throw it at the devil. So here it is, David takes off what Saul gives him. And so we know that we're not trying to be like anybody else and that we're going to be ourselves. And um, so David, what he decides to do, because this is what he's been doing out in the field, in the wilderness, he goes and he picks up some rocks and a slingshot. And the Bible says with one blow, with one blow, He knocked down the Philistine. And I come here to tell somebody today, you're on this podcast listening because God is saying, once you stand into your power and who you are, God's saying with that one blow, with one incident, one like the Shunammite woman, one incident can cause a mighty blow, can knock down everything, can cause a shift in your life. It can unlock what God has down inside of you. One blow, you can discover the power that is locked down inside of you. So I have, you know, I wrote the book, Winning in the Kingdom. And in the book, there's a chapter called Winning on the Balance Beam. So this book is a supernatural book. It's an awesome read. Get the book. In the end of the book, at the end, there's a lady named Gigi. 
and Gigi discovers who she is. You got to get the book. It's powerful. So the balance beam is a picture of God. So at the Kingdom Women Win Empowerment Luncheon, I walked on the balance beam. And basically what I told them was the balance beam is a picture of God. And we must walk with the Holy Spirit. So it's basically a picture of the Holy Spirit as well. Because God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that's the Godhead. You know, some people call it the Trinity. But they're all one. And the Bible says that once you get on the balance beam, the steps of a good man or woman is ordered. And with every step, we get closer to him and to our purpose. We must forget about the past and press forward to the high call. We don't worry about how small the steps are. We just keep moving forward. We must not look to the right or to the left or worry about what others say because we may fall. Now, if you fall, you just dust yourself and you get back on the balance beam. But it's about moving forward with God. And winning on the balance beam essentially is about making it to the end and just finishing strong with the word of God, with the Holy Spirit. So that brings me to my last and final person. And this man is named Jesus. And ever since Jesus stepped on the scene, the paradigm of winning has changed. Jesus changed life and living when he said, I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. He changed the game when he rose from the dead. Translation, Jesus declared war on losing and declared that we have a winning status. So the the sacrificial, all-knowing, all-powerful, yet still human, Jesus came. He launched God's kingdom at the age of 30. He did not complete it. He started it. But we have the responsibility, you know, like runners on the track team, we have a responsibility to take the baton that has been given to us and run the race. See, all authority has been given to Jesus in heaven and on earth. This power wants the kingdom to come in your life so badly that Jesus came to die, not to be put on a throne, but to give you the Holy Spirit. It didn't stop there. Jesus rose to give us the power that's undeniable, that power that can do anything, that sees all. It allows us to walk on water, to tread on surface. It allows us to do things that man says is impossible. The kingdom is power revealed. So today, I decree and declare that your kingdom has come, that you are winning in the kingdom. And we know we are kings and queens who are birthing greatness in the world and discovering our purpose and walking it out. We are not distracted from he said, she said, they said, because we understand our God-given power. I don't care what they are doing on Facebook, anywhere. I don't care. Don't leave your post. You need to be where God is calling you to be. 
You want to be like David, Queen Esther, the Shunammite woman, and even Jesus. When it's time for your divine appointment and promotion with God, when he calls your name, you want to stand up. He needs to find you on your post. Be in your spot. Be in your position. In faith, in love, in peace, and in worship. Living according to his word and not letting circumstances and situations cause you to lose or fall. It's okay to fall, but you got to get back up. You are winning in the kingdom. And what I love about God is that we don't have to promote ourselves or try to win. All we have to do is be in position to win. So today, everyone, under the sound of my voice, I decree and declare we are walking on the balance beam. We are walking in manifestation in every area of our lives. We walk the street of success, achievement, victory, wealth, love, compassion, courage, and wisdom. We walk the street of generosity, integrity, loyalty, calmness, balance with strong relationships. We will get to our divine purpose because the Bible says that those that keep their mind stayed on him, he will keep in perfect peace. And peace is the believer's position to win. So I'm just so excited that you are getting in position. And I just want to pray, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you have given us the opportunity to listen to this kingdom Winning in the Kingdom podcast. We ask that you just send us a blessing. Allow us to get in position. Touch our minds and our hearts. Let us forgive those that have trespassed against us. Let us walk your path. We thank you, Lord, for manifestation. We thank you, Lord, that you have come. We thank you, Lord, that our sins have been forgiven. We are covered in the blood. We thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Y'all, amen, amen, and amen. Have a blessed day. You've been listening to the Winning in the Kingdom podcast, where kingdom women win. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Google Play to get new, fresh weekly episodes. For more, please visit Makia Waller at makiawaller.com or Kingdom Women Win at kingdomwomenwin.com. We are also on Instagram and Facebook. Until next time, we have the victory. Let's win.